0: you can see that you could never make her happy. And welcome to The Music That Shaped Us, a podcast that delves into the world of music with the people that make it happen. I'm your host, Tamsin Wills, and each week I'll be speaking to bands, artists and industry professionals about the music that shaped them and how they got to where they are now. If you like what you hear, please leave a review and follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at The Music That Shaped Us. Joining me this week is the one and only Lucas Woodland, lead singer of Welsh post-hardcore band Holding Absence. I caught up with him in the week following the release of their second full-length album The Greatest Mistake of My Life Which is amazing It's definitely one of my albums of the year so far Go and check it out But we also had a really fun chat About his music taste over the years Problematic school disco anthems And a huge bombshell involving Westlife So if you want to find out about that Keep listening I'm going to start the podcast By firstly just checking in To see how you are Because... (laughs) It's been not even a week since release. and No, yeah, it's been like four four days, five days, maybe. Yeah, you haven't really stopped by the looks of it since (laughs) releasing. And obviously, I know we've got chart day tomorrow and there's been issues with the records being dispatched, Mm. which is affecting me because I ordered the Oxblood version. Oh, no, sorry, mate. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll wait for that to come in the post. But (laughs) how are you? How are the band? How are you guys?
1: First of all, thank you for picking up a copy as well. I, I very much appreciate it. Uh, yeah, we're doing we're doing good. You know, it's it's kind of weird to be honest because like, um, it's kind of an extreme situation on both ends because first and foremost, I have literally spent the last year of my life doing quite literally nothing. Uh, you know, so to go from that to like doing something a lot <laughs> every day, you know, and I like yeah. got to to do a lot is kind of a very stark difference. And you know, it's great because it's like I've missed doing it, but at the same time, then I'm kind of like. I don't know, it would have been nicer to, like, you know, spread it. Yeah, imagine yeah. having to do an interview a week for the last year rather than a year's worth of interviews in a, in a week, you know. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, I guess, is the fact that it's a very, um, it's not a typical album drop because obviously you'd normally be on the road or you'd be getting ready to go on the road. Or, you know, I'd have somebody telling me I have an interview at X time today rather than, like, you know. I, I think it's been really hard for me to kind of, like, toe the line between, like, Always on the clock, I guess, you know, like I did yeah. an interview literally two days ago, at half one in the morning for an Australian press, you know, and it's like that's fine, you know I don't mind, but it's like you know I, I kind of I'm at the point now where it's just like everything is um you know, yeah, yeah. every minute of the day is bad minute <laughs> like,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, and obviously like, because didn't you record this album before lockdown yeah. happened, so then yeah. you're just kind of left you've got this album pretty much ready to go, but you can't do anything with it because the company, uh, the country is just shut down. Was that mm. quite difficult for you guys to trying to figure out what was going on with the record? What, what, what you're allowed to do, what, when you could see each other to do stuff.
1: Yeah. What? That was that specifically, that was quite tough because, you know, we'd film a We'd pretty much film a video every time we came out of lockdown, you know, like just getting everything kind of in line with really. it. Um, But, but yeah, you know, like you said, it, it was, it, it it kind of was like not hard and hard at the same time because ultimately we were just kind of sat back waiting for the world to slowly look like it might be opening at some point in the future, you know, um, and originally we were supposed to drop the record in October last year um, and then we dropped the first single in October last year. And then I obviously announced it like six months in advance. So I think we were playing like a really long game when it came to the announcement side of things. You know, we dropped the first single in October, then we dropped the album in April, and then we were hope- hopefully are playing shows in, you know, November. So at one point we were looking at like a 12-month rollout because, you know, they, we just couldn't afford to do it all in a short burst of time, I guess. Um, and like like you said as well, you know, On the other side of things, though, the the pros are the fact that there wasn't any pressure. You know, we'd done all our homework. We'd recorded the album, really, you know. So all that was kind of done, really. And we were just kind of waiting for the door to open to finally be able to kind of show everyone it, you know.
0: Yeah. And how does that feel now? Now that door is open and it's out in the world and everyone can hear it. Yeah, it's such a...
1: It's such a wonderful, wonderful experience, you know um, And like, to be honest, this album specifically has had like an overwhelmingly good response Like I, I, I'm i really, really happy and proud of how it's gone down more than anything, you know But um, but yeah, it is. there is this odd sense of underwhelming meets overwhelming, you know Where every time I look at my phone, it's like I physically can't reply to everyone anymore, you know yeah. But then at the same time, it's like, album's out and I just, I can still lie in and not have to, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I don't need to, you yeah. know, it's like my life hasn't really changed, if that makes sense. And yeah. then all I have to do is open my phone and then it's like a whole new world, which is just way too much for me to handle. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, congratulations on all of it. I hope it does big things for you. It's such a good album. And this isn't me Thank just you. trying Thank to like brown nose yeah. you. I mean, it <laughs> think it's just stunning. It's so good. Afterlife is just... I've been like... So before I kind of moved back here, I was working at Bankrupt Records for a bit. Oh, cool, and man. I, didn't know nice. I was just doing some mail order, packing records up and, you know, for 10 hours a day. So I had a lot of playlists on the go. And when Afterlife came out, I was just high kicking around the room. I was throwing hard <laughs> around. You. I was like, this is so good. And like, I, I mean, hopefully the tour goes ahead. I'm keeping everything cross for you because I'm desperate. Dude, if it doesn't, I'm just
1: kind of... I'm just done, really. Like, I, I don't... <laughs>
0: I, how much longer do i have to wait i know, you know? i know like one of my friends was like oh you know how's everyone feeling about live shows obviously some people are still a bit anxious about it and i'm just like oh, just throw me in a mosh pit right now dude like, i to the gig <laughs> now i don't care honestly Spare. we're not, we're not mind at all um but anyway we'll move on from that we'll get on with the questions find out about the music that shaped you into who you are now so we'll start at the beginning what did you listen to, like, when you were a kid? What were your parents listening to? What was kind of played in the car at home? So,
1: yeah, I was very fortunate. My parents are very music. When well, I say, I would say my parents are very musical, but they don't play instruments, you know. My my, my, my parents are very music-orientated and, and love music the way I do and, and always have as well, you know. Um, and they were there at the 92 Nirvana in Fest, you know, and, like, you know, um, I'm pretty sure my mum went to see the Pixies one year and i I found out that i think tom york was in the same room at one point as well you know so like my parents are very much similar to me just years previous you know decades prior i guess you know but um so yeah so one of my most vivid memories is like a, a you know a pretty much a baby really remembering music was the prodigy um nice so and it's really cool because i think uh, Round about when I was born I think the Prodigy were the band For my parents You know so We have this running joke That the first gig I ever went to Was when I was Minus three months old Because my mum was pregnant and went to watch the Prodigy Which was really cool yeah. And um, And there's photos of me Like when I was You know when there's Like a little Like a new baby In the family And everybody's just Kind of like fucks around with it. Yeah. yeah, like there's a photo of me wearing a prodigy t-shirt with my blonde. I, I had blonde hair when I was a big with my blonde hair sticking up like like Keith, you know. Um so so yeah, it was a very conscious thing. But I do remember, you know, like I think voodoo people or maybe out of space were two songs I really remember when I was I was little. Um, and my my dad just used to listen to to basically just listen to the prodigy in the kitchen when he was just having to fag out the back door,
0: you know, and I'd like sit at the <laughs> steps like listening to it, you know. That's such, like, it's so cool Like, that's just <laughs> it an You get some parents, obviously, you know you know, Proper, like, mum music Proper dad music, yeah. you know, kind of stereotypical But The Prodigy is a new one I'd Like, mm-hmm. I love that That's so good
1: It's Do funny you... as well, because I'm, I'm kind of reaching the age now where, like Like you said, like, you know, mum and dad music You know, there's like this kind of Whereas I guess, it's weird because mo- My parents were two years older than I am now When they had me mm. So, like It is funny because when I look back, it's not that weird because they were just like young people listening to cool new music. Yeah. But there's always that line of like trying to understand when parents stop being like young adults with kids and actually just become (laughs) adult people who don't care about boring things like music, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um so do you remember kind of about what age you were when you started finding your own music taste developing your own favorite bands like how did that happen was it like through the internet was it through mates at school how did you kind of develop your taste
1: Yeah so like um yeah it was it was quite a natural like i said you know ultimately it was always like music is good you know that was always the yeah. ground level because of my parents so it wasn't like one day i heard something on the radio and like Made me think I like music now. It was more a case of like finding like artists that I liked, you know. Yeah. Um. So, and I have two really vivid memories of um of falling in love with like CDs as well, you know. So I think that's why I'm so hell bent on like holding absence being a bit of like an album band is because, you know, for me, songs about Jane by Maroon Five oh, wow. and a classic, classic Damn. to this day still so good and Ellie Funk by the White Stripes. They were two like CDs back in like I'd say maybe. 2003 I'd say So yeah. I was about eight um, You know And it was very typical Like uh, You know CD Played so much It scratched and skipped And and you know We had to buy another Of the same copy You know yeah. um, Which is um, Which is You know Funny looking back Because now it's like You j- will never Experience that issue You know yeah. but, um, but But yeah So those two for me I, And I think it was It was interesting Because I just liked I think I just liked the vibe You know I liked Like Um, Maroon 5 was Kind of good Poppy music I guess You know It's quite easy to listen to But quite Fun To an extent as well Um, And I guess With the Black Eyed Peas Black Eyed Peas Was like a big one Because it was like What the hell Is going on You know Like And and I I look at like When people are upset You know People love like K-pop And and stuff like that Now Or like An example I currently love Is like a band Called Brockhampton Who are brilliant You know It's like Such a a great band And like You know, you kind of get this weird sense of like Who's your favourite member, you know And like that was the first time I'd ever experienced that Was with Black Eyed Peas Because obviously they had like four vocalists So it was a bit less Adam (laughs) (laughs) Levine-centric
0: There was such like, just think about I I remember not that long ago A Black Eyed Peas song came on in the car And it was like, if this got released now Everyone Mm. would be like, what the fuck is this?
1: Yeah, oh, dude
0: But, you know, we listen to him. we're like, oh, remember this song Such a throwback or whatever Like, absolute banger But it's just like It's so wild listening back to some of their songs It's just
1: You know, yeah. I've got a really <laughs> funny story about that specifically And, like, the fact that, like Um I guess the, the music industry has changed around us and, you know, we've watched, especially the way the world is, you know, when you think about like bands getting canceled and stuff, and that's a whole nother topic. I can't, yeah. I don't ever want to drag a on podcast. But um, it's like, I'll never, ever forget. This was such a vivid memory. I was about eight or nine. And um, you remember you'd have like the school disco at the end yeah. of the year, you know, it would be like, yeah. So the headmistress came into the class and, Basically, was like what, um, like what songs do people want to play? Does anybody have a song they like they want to be played at the the disco? And I was currently listening to Alley Funk, and I was loving all the songs, and um, and basically, I don't know how to word it without like saying the slur, but obviously, let's get it started yeah. was, was called something not, else. <laughs> yeah, and I said that as a nine year old kid. I was like, this, yes, you know, like, yeah. and, and I said. You know, and I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. And, you know, I'm sure some people are probably like, oh, you know, it doesn't need as much pussyfooting around as other words, of course. But like, you know, when I look back, it's like, God, that is just a slur. And this, the song was literally, and the concept of it being relevant as a descriptive word as well is kind of offensive in itself. But yeah, I, I just remember like, you know, she, she was really taken aback and was like, and I don't think she played it.
0: guys <laughs> like, no, but funnily enough I, It's funny that you talk about That specific song Because I remember It being played At my school disco That DJ did Oh, there we go yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah So, I've, there we go That's the being They probably played
1: The, played. the censored version <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not really understanding What the slur means And just being like Yeah,
1: it's
0: yeah. fine. <laughs> so funny but Honestly,
1: I look back At some of their lyrics And I'm like Yo, I definitely didn't know Eminem's another one as well Like, I used to know Every word to a lot of his songs And I look back now And I'm like Whoa, I was saying that You yeah. know <laughs>
0: I saw yeah. a thing on TikTok, I know, recently, um, yeah. and it was like some girl trying to basically calling out Eminem for one of it, one of his songs. I can't remember which one it was. It was just like, "Hang on a minute, listen to what he's saying in this song." And then the guy replied back and been like, "You want to cancel him for this song? Like, let me introduce you to his really early stuff." Like,
1: dude, in it.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> mean, it, it
1: is funny because you know, I like to, I like to think there'll be like a really nice line in the sand where just. Bands after a certain period of time have nothing stupid to, you know, they they never yeah. said anything dumb because they were always aware yeah. of what they were saying. But I feel like with some artists, it's like, man, like I guess you know, it's so it's so deeply entrenched, and everybody else was so ignorant back at the time. It's it's like, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's it's, it's weird, isn't it? I, yeah, it's a weird <laughs> one. But uh,
0: <laughs> um, so what was the first album you ever bought?
1: So the first album I think I ever bought was, like I said, you know, so for the record, um, Songs About Jane and and, and Ellie Funk were two CDs that I kind of like hijacked from my parents' collection. And, and I'm pretty sure I may have bought, you know, my mum songs about Jane for like a Mother's Day present. And then I yeah. ended up just kind of, you know, being and my the best one to the- for
0: you, but it's also for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like Happy Mother's Day,
1: thanks for the CD, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, but I remember like and this is kind of where I start to foray into like rock music now is um, American Idiot was just like a life changing, you know, it really just reset the culture of rock music and punk music and alt music. Um, and, you know, um, Wake Me Up When September Ends and American Idiot specifically being two of the, the biggest, best songs of all time. And then, dude, like put in the CD in, hear an American Idiot, kick the album off. OK, yeah, I've already heard that then Jesus of suburbia comes on like a nine minute long song. And, and, and I think that was the point where I realized that like, I think rock music had more to offer me because like songs about Jane and, um, you know, um, Ellie mm-hmm. uh, Funk and, and the prodigy in general, you know, as much as I love them, they were, it was very much just good music. Whereas yeah. with this was like, kind of like, Daring, kind of experimental, you know, and uh, I have vivid memories of being like maybe ten, maybe maybe younger, even maybe nine or ten, and like a guitar in like uh, along to the whole album, you know, yeah. like literally, like I vividly remember like having like I would have like three fingers and I just go, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like yeah. yeah.
0: So. I remember when that album came out and they were doing a music video premiere for. Boulevard of Broken Dreams, I
1: think. Mm, yeah.
0: But again, it was like seven, eight minutes long. And it was that yeah, like yeah, yeah. midnight because because of the timings. And me and my friend, my friend was like, no, we need to stay up to watch this. And I just remember <laughs> being so tired. And like, as soon as the video finished, I just went to sleep and I was like, well, that was good. <laughs> I'm going to bed now. <laughs> but yeah, just mm-hmm. like staying up just to watch a music video that was eight minutes long. Like that was just what we it's did. It's crazy though,
1: because we'll do stuff sometimes and I'll be like, why is it like similarly Like it's mad that anyone cares about stuff Like that like, like so Finite to the minute yeah. you know like At this specific second something's Happening yeah. um, but I, I do Think you know looking back that Album and like the cycle and, and like you said you know we're not just talking about like American Idiot and, and Wake Me Up On September Ends We're talking like Boulevard of Broken Dreams uh, Jesus of Suburbia, Holiday You know like even for me you know like St. Jimmy was one of my favourite songs ever Because yeah. it just adds such an attitude to it Um, But it's funny because I feel like, yeah, if you were in the same boat, then, you know, it definitely hit us at quite an impressionable age. Yeah. Um, And and when you think about the effects of of culture or or the effects of music on culture, the fact that like two kids literally, you know, like amongst millions probably were like, you know, caring about. American Idiot the way that we were. It says a lot about how brilliant Green Day were at that point, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. That entire scene, I think, was so influential to so many Every, people I know, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah, so other than the gig where you were inside your mother's stomach, what was <laughs> your first proper gig? Um, So,
1: I've got, like, a few, like, contenders. Like, I can't really pinpoint which exact one it was, um, but so the, a bit of a weird thing that I br- I have to bring up every now and then is like my cousin is in Westlife. I don't know if you, if you knew that. It's, <laughs> it, okay, there we go. Yeah. I,
0: I, <laughs> wow. This is this yeah, is a I beautiful.
1: Know. I wasn't expecting. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. And the thing is, it's like you know, I always say, it's just like whatever, because it's like I never, you know, he never. No, not in a bad way. He was always a legend. Yeah. Like I went to his wedding and stuff, but you know, he never like give me a leg up or, you know, it's not like yes, him yes. being in West, i made a flying fucking difference to my life in any way, really. But yeah, I always need to pre preface it with that massive, crazy secret, but yeah, you know, and because of that, uh, you know, I did go and see West every time they'd come to Cardiff. And, um, mm-hmm. so, so, you know, I, I did go to see them quite a lot, but obviously I don't know if it constitutes as, like, a gig, you know. And then I remember my dad drove me and my sister to see um, Busted when we were, like, when I was about eight or nine. So my sister would have been, like, six or seven. And, like, we went all the way to Birmingham, which was, like, a really big thing because, like, I, you know, obviously i would never, as a a kid, you don't really travel that much, you know, so going all the way to Birmingham for a show was, like, a huge thing. Um, So that is definitely up there. And then when I think about like going to shows on my own or with my friends, um, the first one I ever went to was probably the Blackout in pont de which is literally where I'm from. Yeah. It's like six stops away from where they're from in Merthyr. Um And it's really funny because at the time I only knew like three or four people in the room. But then years later, I found out that like everybody in... My first band, Falling With Style, who I'd not met at the time, they were all in the room at the same time. James, who obviously played bass in Holden Absence for years, he was in that room at the same time as well, and, like, none of us knew each other. So it was kind of like, you know, that famous uh, Buzzcocks gig where, like, you know, Morrissey and, and yeah. um, John Lydon and all that <laughs> lot were, like, kind of in the room. Oh, no, no, like Ian Curtis, you know, like everybody was, like... That was, like, a real watershed moment for, like, a scene, you know? Yeah. Not that, that, <laughs> not that I'm... Comparing Cardiff's <laughs> music to the Manchester one, but you know, I I feel like that was a really, yeah, like a really poignant show because it was it was just literally like the blackout playing a a kind of hall in in yeah. a small town outside of Cardiff. You know?
0: Yeah, I I, I um did a, saw a thing on Twitter the other day where it was like you know what's the band you've seen the most times, and. My favourite band of all time Is Paramore So I've seen them On pretty much every UK tour They've ever done But actually That's not that many tours When you think about yeah, it
1: Yeah for sure yeah.
0: And I was like I want to say It's Paramore But in reality The band I've seen The most times Is The Blackout <laughs> Because it was a. Time Why is that? It's because they, they played support. every. <laughs> they played their own tours. They supported every band in the scene. Yeah. And it was, there was just about a period of probably about four years where I would just constantly see the blackout, and it's just like I loved them. So it was, you know, it was not Yeah, play, for sure, but was, dude. I was like, really. When I think about it, they are the bands that I've seen the live the most in throughout my entire life. It's mad. So it's, a, it's an interesting lesson
1: to be learned from a band's perspective as well, that, you know, you can over, over, over bake something, you know, you can imagine, dude, like imagine if you didn't like the blackout, like that would have been, you know, oh, been a lot, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like even the same as you as well, you know, I saw them at Red Inn Festival. I saw them at like download, you know, like I or them. you know, you, you, some bands you can't help, but see a lot, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, back to Paramore as well. Paramore was probably the first, like, Big gig I went to on my own So I've kind of given you about seven different versions of the answer But, uh, you know, the, the Blackout one was more like a local show Like it was a walking yeah. distance for me Whereas with Paramore, the Brand New Eyes tour um, And Yumi at Six played that one um, You know, I had to go into Cardiff on my own And it was like a big thing And um, yeah. and that album as well is such a such a seminal album for me as a person Yeah
0: Yeah um, Oh, yeah. yeah, I think on the same though. like, you know, if I if I actually say my first gig, then it's all saints at the Brighton Centre. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Because my neighbour count- had a spare ticket and was taking her daughter. So she was like, do you want to come along? And we had to leave because the her daughter fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> So, you know, as a first gig experience It wasn't really my first gig But, you know, when I think about, you know Going alone with friends to a big thing It was Give It a mm. Name in London where oh, nice like, yeah, yeah. Sunday and Gym Class oh, Heroes
1: like but... seconds oh. Mars and awesome stuff I, I uh, feel yeah, like And
0: I was like 14 It was like my first time going to London So to me, that's kind of my first, like, gig experience But, you know Where,
1: where were you, like, based growing up? Or where did you grow
0: up? Um, so, it's Brighton, technically I'm in a village just God, on the outskirts. But so I used to travel to Port Like the first time I saw Paramore Was in Portsmouth I used to travel there quite a lot for shows Like anywhere up and down the coast And then once I was in my teens, I was allowed to go to London to go to like the bigger shows. So, yeah, I think yeah, I,
1: I only went to London once when I was like younger, you know, like I, I went to, we went to go and see Silverstein, uh, cause me and my, uh, me, me, Scott and like, you know, a couple of our mates, we were like really into Silver. I mean, I still am, I, I love it, the Silverstein, but you know, there was a period of time where they did like Shipwreck in the Sand and This Is How the Wind Shifts. And like that was like a period of time where I was uh, obsessed with them. I, I loved them. And like, um, and they never played England or, or Britain at all. Yeah. So it was one of those shows where it was like, we've got to like travel to see this. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But yeah, London
1: always felt like a big scary thing to me. <laughs>
0: still <does. laughs> it still is to me, to be fair. Um, so kind of like talking about your local area, then your local music scene, like growing up, did you have favourite music venues that you'd go to all the time? Like, what was it like where you were when, you know, when you were a teenager?
1: Yeah, so... Um, yeah, because where where I'm from is 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 a bit of a weird one because it's it's only half an hour away from Cardiff, so you know I'm very cl- and most people if they were half an hour half an hour away from a, a major city, they would unquestionably just go there if that yeah. makes sense. But because of, I think it's because of the, inf- the the geographical infrastructure of, of Wales and the valleys specifically. You know, you've got like Cardiff's like the big city, and then the valleys are like you know over there, and where yeah. I'm from Pontypridd is like kind of the tether between the two, you know? So it's kind of like got its own identity, whereas I think most villagers like Ponty normally wouldn't, you know. Um, but yeah, so honestly, like when when it started and like when we started playing shows specifically, you know, um, we basically kind of forced a scene in, in Pont deprise, you know, we found a venue called the Green Rooms, um, and we just book it out and we would just, you know, we just play and it and it got to the point where like it would sell out like weekly because like it was only a hundred cap, but like, it was like the social thing for everybody to do, you know? Yeah. Um, and I look back and like, I am proud because like, not, you know, not to sound too big at it, but like, honestly, those shows and that venue and that kind of scene really wouldn't have kind of existed if we hadn't just booked shows and played them, you know, because it didn't feel to me like there was a scene before that, at least, yeah. at least the scene that we were in, you know, there, there yeah. might have been ones, but it never really crossed over, you know? Um. And then, it was kind of a different experience then moving on to Cardiff because it was like the next step, you yeah. know, like the way the Welsh bands will play Cardiff loads and then they'll get a show in Bridgewater or Bristol and be like, we, you know, we're playing England now. That's a step yeah. up for us when we were like 16, 17, it was like, yo, we got a show in Cardiff, you know what I mean? So it felt like a whole nother scene. And, and by all means, it kind of was, to be honest, Uh you know, it was, it was a very, Different experience And a kind of Different learning curve But Cardiff is really blessed Because I don't know if you'd have ever If you'd ever been to Cardiff And been to see a show you, you yeah. just yeah. know exactly What I'm on about But there's a street Called Womanby Street And it is like It's just the street In Cardiff For, for live music There's literally like Three independently Respectful venues uh, Fuel Club Eva Bach And the Moon Club And they are all Literally touching one another uh, yep. you know, so there was a period of time where it was just like anywhere in Womanby Street, you ju- it's just good to play a gig, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, like club, club was like, is like the kind of seminal small venue because it's it's so just historical really. It's been there for decades, you know? Yeah. Uh, so the few times, or well, the, the many times now at this point that we headlined it, you know, and we sold it out and stuff, it always felt like a really special moment, um, but on a personal level, like I've I've worked at Fuel for like over five years now, just working basically as a barman, you know, and they've always been so supportive of of me and, and my musical career, you know, and, and I can always kind of go and come back. And I know that's a real privilege. And on top of that as well, you know, I used to watch about three gigs a, a week when I was in uni in Fuel. So yeah. like... Specifically, Fuel and Club were like the main two for me. Yeah,
0: yeah I've I've definitely had, like I've been to Cardiff like a whole bunch. You know, like uh, going back to Paramore, like the moment yeah, when yeah. Their, their Wembley tickets sold out, so I panicked oh, no. and bought tickets for Cardiff to see them at. Where it was CIA then. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't I don't care if I have to travel, I need to see this band. Um, but like, yeah, I've I've and I did Soon Festival a couple years. So oh, nice! Just, like. Went to all these venues. Can't remember what half of them are called, but I just yeah spent yeah the weekend yeah. crashing on my mate's sofa, just like going around, just watching bands that like yeah, literally if you leave one venue, go like two steps down the road, it, and then you venue, yeah yeah. Walking. So what? So you went
1: you went as soon as like a like a music you know,
0: yeah you didn't yeah yeah I um me and a friend went. Nice. I, like I got a press pass from you know way back when I was writing, and I was just like I just want to come and watch a load new bands, and we. Um, Band. I did a couple interviews Yeah, and I was just like Just want to hang out in the city With my mates Watch some bands Yeah, because
1: like Soon is such a weird thing Because it's like just Basically just like A city-wide free-for-all There's no genre yeah. There's no And to be honest That's that's what, what I found interesting About you going to it It's like There's no like headliner Like I don't even know no. Who the hell plays that thing It's just like It's basically just a way For Cardiff to just Be alive with music For a whole weekend Yeah and, um, I played it back in like 2014, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, it is, it is a really interesting, and you know that's why I love growing up a Welsh musician because like there's always like there's always a real level of respect for music in, in Wales. You know, um, whether it's the you know typical like choir thing that you know everybody talks about is doing, or the fact that Tom Jones is is literally from Pontypridd yeah. the village I grew up in. You know, it's like there's always a celebration of music. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. I'm glad you went soon because yeah, it is
0: cool. Yeah I, re- yeah, I loved it. And I, I think I what I personally love about, you know, whenever I come to Cardiff, it's like you literally walk into any bar, whether it's, you know, got an open mic night or it's just people. And I will almost always see someone I'm like, oh, that's so and so from the music industry in some way. Yeah, goes, yeah, goes, yeah. Uh, last. January, before everything went to shit, um, we had a work thing at Motor Point. So it was kind of like conferences, you know, marketing, yeah, yeah. all of that. But we went to a pub just down the road. I can't remember the name of it, but there was an open mic going on. And a lot of them were students. And I think they had a fright when about 50 people from the music. <laughs> water, Wait a minute, people. They were like, where have you all come from? Um, but then Tom from Straight Lines was like the headline of the no, night. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, Ramesh is here. Oh so and so's <laughs> here And I was just like Saying it to yeah, all these yeah. People around me No one else Knew who Tom was or the who hell anyone people. was Yeah for sure like, Oh my god yeah. I And it was just yeah, it was Really nice I love that Every time I come to Cardiff There's there's just people Everywhere I'm like Oh you're right
1: <laughs> Yeah It's because it is A real way of life You know Whether you were in a band Or you are in a band You know like I, I don't think you can really Get out of the music scene Too no. much in Wales Because it's just It's just such a A big part of our culture You know And like it's funny because like, it's kind of why I really, really am proud to be doing OK as a Welsh band right now is because there was a period of time where Wales was like uh, hysterically good representative of yep. British music. You know, like Funeral, Kids in Glass Houses, The Blackout, uh, Skin Dread, Bullet For My Valentine. You know, you had like, like you said, Straight Lines as well. were yeah. a really underrated, brilliant band, you know. Um, I feel like there was, in all honesty, I think there was a lull because purely because it was just such a... A boom at one point yeah. there was no way we were going to keep that up I, I don't think you know yeah um, yeah
0: I yeah. agree so <clears throat> if you could relive any live moment whether that's you watching a band or a moment for you being on stage what would that moment be uh, I know the
1: answer is like a, a spectator um <laughs> but I, I hate that you've coupled them up because like you know, gig going, Lucas, is very different to you know singing <laughs> frontman, Lucas. Um, on a on a personal like being at a show level, the most magical moment, I, I really feel like uh, a show for me. Oh, there is two. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna uh, ask yeah. around. It's a podcast. <laughs> we here to talk. Um, so <laughs> um, the the one I'd say one of my favorite bands of all time are the Pixies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like I said, that that kind of seeped through my parents to me. Um, and it's kind of a, a weird depth to the, the narrative, but my parents split up when I was eight and got back together when I was 20. So I had this weird, like, well, obviously it wasn't weird at the time. My, my parents would just split up for a whole decade in my life. And then when they got back together, it was like this crazy, like, wow, what the hell this is awesome, but I just hope they're happy. And that's it's such a weird thing to get used to, you know? And yeah. now, you know, six years later, they're like both, you know, just happy as Larry as, as they always were before, I guess, you know, and it's it's kind of a weird blip really. But I remember when the Pixies came to Cardiff, me, my mum, my dad and my sister, we all went to see them in Motorpoint. Um, and like they opened the set with Where Is My Mind? Um and like, I love, you know, I love all the Pixies stuff, you know, or at least a lot of the, uh, you know, I prefer the <laughs> earlier stuff, but you know, I'm not like, I- I'm aware that Where Is My Mind is by far their biggest kind of hit, you know? Yeah. Um, but dude, just like hearing that guitar, just like echo through the room and i being like, stood like with my family, you know, it, like, yeah. it felt like a completely different, yeah, just a completely different level for me of like emotion. Um, And then the other one was um, in Manchester, me and my girlfriend went to watch uh, Radiohead. Um, Mm -hmm. And Radiohead was, like, definitely one of my favourite bands, you know. And, like, it was was in, like, a cricket pitch, you know. It was, like, some stupid, crazy venue. Um, And what? I can't remember. I can't remember what specific song it was, but it was, like... I had a moment where
0: was it It was please.
1: She's with it Was it Concleast? Yeah okay. okay Yeah Yeah <laughs> So it was like Yeah basically we'd just like kind of gone to maybe get some food or something and hoped that it was like you know um the set wouldn't start for another few minutes mm-hmm. And I was like Do we get food? Should we not get food? And then you just hear it, the set start. And no, it was it was uh, let down. It was let down. Yeah, and, and let down starts with like a like a, a ringy kind of guitar lead thing. And like, we were kind of like, should we go for food? Should we not? Should we? And then that, like playing in the background. And I kid you not, like, I just started crying and I just started running towards the stage. I, and that let down is like my favorite song by Radiohead. Um, mm. And like, yeah, it just, it was just like, I felt like my body was just moving whether I liked it or not, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are two moments. that I feel like, you know, I did have like, bordering on like you know bit of an out, out of body kind of vibe where I it just my whole body just felt like different you know yeah. for just a split second and and whenever I think back to those those specific days of my life you know it's like that moment I really vividly remember and, and I can still feel now you know um but then as a musician man it's such a tough question you know it's like because at the end of the day You know Every show is As similar as it is different You know Whereas when you go yeah. watch bands I guess it's, it depends On your relationship With them a little bit mm-hmm. um, But actually No I'd say And ironically It was probably It was literally the last Song we played At all <laughs> uh, it Was like the closing song for, for Scala When we headlined Scala Back in yeah. December 2019 Which is You know Crazy I think that we just didn't play A single show for 2020 <laughs> It was just yeah. Just but um we've got a song called Wilt and it's got a very, very like overly emotional outro. Um and like the main thing with Holden Absence is like the connection we have with with our fans is is really personal, but on a whole another level in the fact that you know like we we climbed those stairs and, and like we met everybody we could along the way. So yeah. I just remember like playing Wilt at this Scala venue And it was the 17th song we were playing as well Like that set list was long yeah. And I was singing this thing And I looked out of the crowd And there was about 20 people up on shoulders And like I recognised every single one of them You know what I mean yeah. And and it felt like like a really shared victory Because it was like These people are like my friends As much as they're anything else You know Um. So yeah I'm going to go yeah. there
0: yeah, I think, like, I mean, I was at that Scala show. Oh, wicked, thank you. And I was, uh, like, um, for me, it was quite special anyway. I, you know, I kind of went, I enjoyed the first album. I was like, yeah, let's go. I think we're a great life. And I, th- I think as well, maybe not for everyone in the room, but I remember that being the day before the um general election general election yeah. yeah and there was there was a really weird vibe with i think with everyone that day cuz you know no one knew what was going to happen there was a yeah. lot of tension um i you know got in a bit of a weird message from one of my family members about about it you know as, yeah, yeah yeah like basically tensions were high yeah and it, i think yeah. and i i remember during i think it was you are everything. I think I, I saw a girl basically, I think she might have been by herself, but she climbed on someone's shoulders and she just had the sign up and oh. she was like screaming it back at you. And I was yeah. like, that's amazing. Just like, I think it just really felt like a kind of a union in that room where everyone was like, there's loads of shit going on outside. But Things let's forget alone for, for an weird. hour. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like everyone just really let out a lot of emotion at that show. So, yeah. I'm with you on that one. It was yeah, it was yeah.
1: A really- well remembered as well. Cause I, I I gotta be honest, I always try and forget about the general election night <laughs> because like <Yeah>. it, I <laughs> I never wanted that evening to be bittersweet in any way. Yeah. Um and it's yeah. funny as well because ultimately I remember leaving the venue and going to a pub. And I think we were in Jeremy Corbyn's constituency, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so like everybody was like. You
0: know
1: yeah. Pro jazz yeah. yeah And like And and I think At that point already We kind of knew It, it wasn't looking good And I, I just remember Being like so deflated You know Like yeah. after What was ironically The most You know Special kind of Night of my life Really So um
0: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a good one, um, and obviously, you know, holding absence. Not many people know it. It has been going a long time. You know, when you think of initial inception, and before that, mm-hmm. you were in bands as well. So, was there a moment where you were like, "This is what I want to do for a living"?
1: I always wanted it, you know, because like it was like it was. I, I you know, it's 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 one of those things where it sounds really cliche, but it's like. It's all I'm good at, really, you know, on like, a, not that I'm like, hey, I'm great, you know, but it's like it's all that I I ever felt like I had a slight handicap in in the first place. You know, like my my stat wheel is just zero, zero, zero plus one singing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like I um, so I, I always just thought, man, if I'm going to do anything, this is the thing I've got the best chance at doing, you know. Yeah. um, uh, It's tough, though, because I, I am very open about the fact that we did not skip any steps on the, on the ladder, you know, like I, I really feel like we went one by one, step by step. And and, and I, I feel like the whole thing grew gradually as opposed mm-hmm. to one day I woke up and I was more, you know, yeah. successful or, or talented or whatever, you know? Um, but I think playing, playing the dome with, um, with uh we are the ocean was quite um quite a significant moment because like it was like with withhold absence, we came out the the gates and it was like, you know, we book our own shows and we get off the stage and do it in people's faces, and like we really uh trying to diy and and try and be as as raw as possible. Mm. Um, and we got th- I think maybe three or four. Um, we are the Ocean show. I think it was three. It was honestly not that many shows with We Are the Ocean's like final ever shows. Mm. Um, and like we, even then, we sandwiched a load of rubbish gigs around that, you know. So like, um, I think the the dome just felt like a wow. I I can't like see everyone's face. Like, do you, do you get what I mean? Like, right. I have to like kind of like I have to like move my neck to look at everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first time ever. yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. I like that. Um and what's the absolute best thing about being a part of this industry for you?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of of really really, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot of really really special kind of um perks to it, you know. Um and for me, you know, it, it is ultimately that I enjoy making music, you know, quite simply I love I love the feeling I get when I No, i've written something cool or like i love that feeling of listening back and hearing myself and being like that's me (laughs) you know um and all the really primitive simple parts of of making music you know um but you know when i when i think back to like what is what sticks with me the most it's very much the people you meet and the places you go you know um and that's why touring is such a uh, a blessing really Is because like There's so many places In, in Europe spe- You know Specifically that I'd never Would have been to Had it not been for music um, And hopefully In the coming years You know Hopefully I'll finally Get out of Europe And do America Japan Australia um, But this is what I'm getting at The perk on top is All those people on top You know yeah. Because As as a human You know Like like me and you for example You know We, we probably have very similar You know lives in terms of got into music at at this age and had, had friends who went to gigs and went to this gig and blah 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 you know whereas like the world is so massive that like you truly can't comprehend how different some of these people's lives are yeah and I think that's what's so special for me is like you know we'll play a show in like France or Germany and like somebody will come up and say to me like great set in like this French accent and then I'll ask them a question and then I can tell that they don't know what the fuck I've just said because, like, <laughs> they are going out on a on a limb and even speaking their second language yeah. to try and compliment what I've just done. You know, so the fact that I can connect with somebody who literally doesn't even speak the same language as me, let alone comprehend the small village I went to or the the stupid crap nuances that, uh, you know, made my life feel great as a kid or made me feel really depressed as a kid or all yeah. those little things, I think. They all pale in comparison. And then when you strip it all away, music is one of few things in life that I think everybody can kind of connect with, yeah, if that makes absolutely. sense. Whether you're from Japan or from France or from Pontypris, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, you've, you've kind of named some albums that were massively influential to you over the years, but if you had to pick your favourite album of all time, oh, what dudes. would you go with?
1: you're gonna have to change this to a top three after like (laughs) i can give it a couple more i reckon (laughs) you're gonna realize Um, yeah (laughs) yeah. um it's really tough for me like i've got this weird thing as well where like some of my i i'd actually go as far as to say like none of my favorite albums of all time like perfect albums you know because like i do i care enough about music to actually like actively skip certain songs every time I listen. So for example, Pixie's Doolittle, which is this tattoo I've got on my arm, Mm -hmm. like is the best. Like it's just a different planet. It's like, I can't comprehend how that album was written. It just feels like a different world, you know? Um, but there is a song on there I don't like. I always skip. Um, and then the black parade was probably the most important album. i Oh, it's so tough. Yeah, I, I'd probably say the Black Parade uh, on, the, on the grand scheme of things, uh, because it is still musically relevant to me. Objectively, as an artist, I still worship it. And I think as a young, confused person, it <laughs> really, really helped me. And I think that does tick every box, at least more than any other album on Earth could,
0: you know? Yeah. I think everyone's got that with my chemical romance. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, it's
1: not a very unique response. Well,
0: <laughs> like, I mean, I I remember buying um, three Cheers on CD from H and B, bringing it home, and my uh, I was early teens. Must have been I can't remember the exact date I was, but I remember coming home from town. Having bought it, and my mum being like, "Oh, what did you get in town?" and I was like, "Oh, I, I picked up this CD." And she was like, "Oh, who's it by?" and I was like, "My Chemical Romance." And she just went, "Why can't you listen to normal music?" <laughs> It's like, this and it's the a... actually mum. Very deep. <laughs> it's better than normal music. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and that
1: was the beginning of uh, of a long life of having to explain your musical tastes to people, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, and then think about right now, obviously you guys are still fairly new in your career, but are there any bands you know on the up that you love, any rising singers, whatever that you're really enjoying at the moment?
1: Uh, I've got like a select list that I always tell people Because I I just truly believe that they will be big names in the music industry in about 10 years Lowe's are are a no-brainer They're like the best metal band on earth, I'd say Yeah, at the moment anyway. At least (laughs) like, you know, take away the fact that they haven't got millions of albums behind them and stuff Like they're just making something so unique and special in their own way I think that's the, the main thing that's grabbing people now is like what they're doing is like unique as well as brilliant. And and I think that's really hard. Um I love Stand Atlantic. I think Stand Atlantic have the potential to be the next Fallout boy or the, you know, I don't want to say the next Paramore because you know <laughs> you know I'm not that guy. But you know they I, I feel like they've got the potential to be the next band that people can have fun and listen to. And also yeah. our class and deep to it, you know, which is which is really cool. Um, I love a band called Dayseeker. Um, they're a brilliant yes. American. So love good, they. I've been yeah.
0: like, they're they're one of those bands that I I listened to a while ago and kind of forgot about, and then mm. they came back up on like a a, a daily mix or something. Yeah. Um, a, a song from their album that came out in 2019, and I have not stopped listening to it. It's yeah. so good.
1: Yeah. It's funny as well because, like you said, they've actually been a while. Uh, a, a, been around for a while. You know, I think they're on like. Three maybe I think three albums Yeah But like this album Is just like you know A different level And to me it's kind of like I see in them What I Saw in A data. to Remember You know like yeah. This sense of like You can still dig choruses You can still have feelings But you can also like just Bang your head and, Yeah and really marsh- go for it Yeah Yeah and, and I, I think Those three bands specifically I think yeah. um uh, are gonna just all be huge someday, and it's nice as well that you know Australia, Britain, and America as well. You know, it's a very universal representation of what I hope is the future of music, really. Yeah, yeah.
0: absolutely, and it's a nice mix as well. You know, you've got Loathe, who are metal dayseeker, in the of, middle. Yeah, kind of in the middle. Yeah. Then Stan Atlantic's just like really, really good pop punk, essentially. Yeah, yeah. really good, and, and
1: in like a very un-generic uh, way. You know, like there was yeah. a point where like. And I think you know I've got I could do a whole podcast on this alone, but you know, kind of studying and observing the rise and fall of pop punk, that you know that was a really interesting thing over the last decade. Is like, you know, when like metalcore was like this thing, and everybody was like, "Whoa, metalcore!" And then I think one day everybody woke up, and then it was pop punk. You know, and now at the moment, really interestingly, I don't know what is the thing at the moment. So yeah. I'm excited to see what it is, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Back to Stan Atlantic though. It's, I, I feel like it's, you know, I'd never want to tar him with the pop punk brush because people are so sick of it's that brush. about pop <laughs>
0: punk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great band, though. Right. That's it. You made it to the end. Great. Well done. Cool. um, That was great. Thank you so much. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you fitting me in your nah, intense dude. schedule for the week because. Yeah, I feel like you could do with a good night's sleep now.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'll... uh, I've accumulated a lot over the last year. But, um, yeah, a couple of lions this weekend, maybe. But, no, and also, you know, thanks for... giving me something else to talk about. It's been a nice change. When you <laughs> asked me about the band, I was like, oh, shut up about my band. <laughs> <laughs> I don't <laughs> care about those guys. <laughs> yeah. And uh, best of luck with everything. And yeah, Thank I hope you. you're doing well. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad yeah. to hear you land.
0: Hopefully now. I will see you on tour at the end of the year. And we Definitely. can high five it out, elbow bump it, whatever we're allowed to whatever do. Whatever it is, yeah.
1: Wave across the room will do. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. All I'll All see right, you soon. I'll have a See, you, day. see you later.